What's up, Dashley family? Welcome back to Big Little Life with the Dashleys. We are just so excited to have Skylar and Jamie of Five to Love with us today on the podcast. You guys, thanks for joining us. We're excited to be here. Have you guys done a podcast before? No, this is my first time. Totally really? new podcast. In You've fact, been on like, wait, what were you You've saying? been on TV. Yeah, you're going to be on like TV. People Magazine. We, we've had like a, a, you a national press magazine? conference after the babies were born, stuff like that. But podcast is new. I didn't know about the national press conference. That's cool. Yeah. we Quints are, I guess, pretty rare. It's like and, having Shirley Temple. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh, I was sweating so much when we when we filmed all that. Right after you have babies. Yeah. You're like, hello. I was like sweating buckets. This wasn't stressful detoxing. enough. I now have all these news cameras in my face. But the good news is we can sweat all we want doing this. And, and no, no one's going to know. That's why we love podcasts. In fact, I spent a lot of time on my hair today and I was kind of disappointed <laughs> when I found out how this worked but yeah. if you could just spend some time talking about how my good how good my hair looks that might I will let me guys just let me just paint the picture you take for you five guys minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Skylar wearing a nice BYU shirt hair comes with beautiful looking points dapper as ever yeah. you're so good to me thanks until you trim the beard Jamie looking dashing as ever we're just super excited to have you guys here we're kind of in this new friend zone where we don't the story you're about to tell is something Dallin and I, every time we live, we leave your house, we're like, wait a second. Like, how did they have five babies? And how did that all happen? Well, I'm sure everybody asks that. It's just so unique. And like, and we've heard you guys say like little tidbits of how crazy the story is and how like miraculous it was. And, and how the hand of God played a huge role in it. And we're just excited to hear And we've never that. had time to sit down because you have five babies and we have two babies and it, there's not a lot of <laughs> that's, talking that's, that happens. seven little people running yeah. around when you guys come over. So yeah. all of the babies, our babies are sleeping. Are your babies sleeping? They're our babies sleeping. are sleeping too. Yep. High so. five. This is relaxed time. So it's just like real talk. Yeah. So let, let's just lay the groundwork really quick. How did you two meet and how did your love story begin before we dive into like the babies and everything? Talk about your story. So which perspective do you want? We both <laughs> remember it Jamie a little first. differently. How about that? And then okay. Skylar, you can... I remember a little more to the story than he does. So I moved to <laughs> Southern Utah to St. George when I was 13 and we actually attended the same church for six months. So that's the part of the story Skylar doesn't remember. He was 16. I was 13, rocking right. my 90 bangs. You yeah. obviously noticed him. A 13-year-old yeah, girl would notice Oh, I noticed all those 16-year-old boys. So uh -huh. I do remember him. His mom was my church teacher, and then my dad was his church teacher. So wow, that's the portion of the story I remember. But we actually weren't introduced. So I moved like six months later down the street from his sister, and I actually babysat Skyler. No, not Skyler. Yeah. No. She still does actually. So <laughs> I, I babysat her kids, which later became our nieces and nephews. Um, Did you ever talk to him or was it like, I never once so talked to him. I yeah. never, I think I like said hi once in the hallway and he just was like, Hey, and kept walking. <laughs> no big deal. Yeah. Is that weird? He Your has, wife was in the room and you just didn't even care. He has no recollection so have, of you. So, so my sister always kind of wanted to, to line us up. Um, and so she finally, I, I was like 20, 21. She gave me years later, years later, years gave me her later. number. I called her and then, you know, I remember we dated for a while and then when we were engaged, she was talking about how we used to know each other when we were, when I was 16. <laughs> and I was like, really? Like, I don't, I don't, I don't remember any of it, <laughs> which, which is fine. I mean, again, in, in my defense, she said hi to me once and yeah. I was 16 and her bangs were just fantastic. They were rocking. Yeah. So. But my first memory of him actually is my dad took us to go see a play that he was in because he's an actor. Mm. Mm. What play was it? Diary of Anne Frank. Ooh. Sweet. Yeah, and, and he who played the lead role, the cute one. All right. The boy, P uh, Peter, was it Peter? Peter Von Don. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yep, and I wanted rest to be is Anne. history. <laughs> Except you almost didn't. Too. <laughs> yeah, so that's how that's how we met. Blind date. Okay, wait. So how later. did the phone call go when you called her? Because I've had those calls where I was a kindergarten teacher, and the little moms would always set me up with their nephews or cousins when I was still single. I want to know where you took her and how the call went because mine never went well. So the call, the call was pretty quick. I just gave her, you know, said, Hey, you know, want to go out to show and, and, and get something to eat. And we went and saw a play, which was kind of fun. Kind of, I still remember. Yeah. We actually saw it. It was at a high school. Okay. Mm -hmm. You can't take it with you. No, that wasn't it. Do you remember the play? I remember the line. It was like, it is hot. It is so hot. It wasn't very good acting. I remember yeah. that part. It was like Sounds two like places in New play. York or something. I don't know. <laughs> that, that is, I can't believe you remembered that. It's I remember fantastic. that part. Yeah. Um, and you know, it was like right away I could tell that Jamie was just a really cool, I was interested really quick. I could just tell she was a really cool person. My sister had gone on and on about her. Um, and then we went to dessert and Jamie said, that's kind of what. Yeah, that's what sold me on our second date is you bought two desserts so I could have my own, but then I could also have yours and like, like, oh, can I try yours here? Let me eat most of it. I, that's like so this guy. I went on a date once where they only ordered one. They were like, let's share an ice cream. And I was You're like, like, like nope, what? Nope. It was soup and ice cream and we shared soup and ice cream. Oh, that's wow. the worst date. Cheap. Soup and, yeah, that's date. a cheap date. Soup and ice cream. So I, I did a little better than that. <laughs> yeah. And, and then it, it worked out. So Yeah, you were just easy to talk to right away. All right. So during dating at all, did the topic of kids, like once you got to be more serious, did you like, did, did you ever imagine having seven kids? Well, our first date, I just skipped right to ask. it. I like every guy I dated, I just wanted to know, you know, what are your life goals? Oh, so on the first date. Oh yeah, I did. And I was like, you know, when you get married one day to whoever that person is, how, what do you envision your life? You know, how many kids do you want? And you were like, yeah, I'm kind of thinking a smaller family, like maybe six kids or something. Oh, That's wait, small for you. Wait, how I many siblings you have? But I didn't know how many siblings <laughs> yeah. he had. So it's a little out of context. I'm number nine of 10 kids. Oh man. So I was, so that's smaller for you. She, and she knew I came from a big family. And so I was like, I was thinking of like a smaller family. And I think when I said smaller, she's picturing <laughs> Referencing a couple less kids. Than 10. I'm like, like, maybe like six kids. <laughs> and what were you thinking? Like four? Did that I always like thought, shock you? Yeah. Cause I thought, well, four is a big family to me. Cause there's two in my family. Uh -huh. yeah. So four is cool. Cause everyone has a buddy. Dallin so. told me six when we were first married and I cried. You I remember really say six. You really said six. And I, I was teaching I kindergarten four. at a, I had a really hard class that year and I was just so burnt out. And I was saying things like two, one, none. I don't know. I'm <laughs> yeah. so over kids. And Dallin was like, well, I've always really wanted six or four or five. We've settled on two, maybe possibly, maybe three. <laughs> we don't have a number. We call number three, maybe baby. That uh -huh. might maybe happen. baby. That's yeah. cute. And who knows? Maybe, maybe we'll just end up having, we'll just name her. Maybe <laughs> that's in a, that's in a move, a show, right? Call me maybe. No, oh, Annie. Song by Taylor. The song maybe. Taylor Swift sings no, that song. No, it's one of those cult shows. Hoobah oh, Stink. No, it's like The Office but different from The Office. The boy sells bananas Pest in a banana control? stand. There's a never nude. I never uh, saw that one. I, I don't know. <laughs> I have no okay. idea. You guys know. Maybe. People know. Sometimes I'll start a sentence. And I don't even know where it's going. I just hope I find it along the way. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it was arrested development. There we go. You finally got there eventually. Mm -hmm. Cool. So where were we? Six kids. Okay. I did, the amazing oh, yeah, thing yeah. is it didn't scare Jamie off. 
that you know the double dessert is that powerful that I said I, I wanted a small family of, with six children. But I wasn't thinking I was your person, so. Yeah, so you were just like, oh, good luck. Oh, okay. Good luck, yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> yeah. did, did you want only two? Were you a, a two person? Mm, or? No, I'd always thought four, maybe six, depending on how much I could handle uh-huh. handle being a mother. So I thought we might have five. We talked to a family the other day, and she was like, "I wanted two, and he wanted six, so we settled on 11. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah. It was with it was with um, Crazy Middles and Crazy Pieces, and they have a really big family. So yeah, we did a podcast with them and they, yeah, a lot of kids. So anyways, um, so first how date. long, so from your first date to getting married, how long was that? How many dates? How many, how, like was how it many a number a year? of dates that you, it was three dates three until you dates. got married. So we were, we were no. married in three dates. No, we were, you we got were engaged after three engaged dates. It was over a span dates. of time. We were both dating different people. We were never just exclusively dating. You weren't ex- exclusively dating until you were engaged. <laughs> yep. <laughs> there we go. When wow. you know, you know. So we were married within about five months, but yeah. Um, from the date, from I, your first date. It was, a yes. And I think it was probably three or four dates that it was really clear to, mm-hmm. for, to both of us that mm-hmm. we were going to get married. Cool. And it wasn't very clear that we'd have seven kids, but we, we, we just knew. And so. Wait, how did you propose? So you're on a date and you've both been on dates with other people recently right like you're dating around so <laughs> and then you go on a date with jamie date number three so was I, it planned or spontaneous i was dropping her off and i was i just said you know i've never felt it this way about anyone before and she's like me neither and i'm like i kind of prayed about you know us um on sunday and i'm like i i couldn't sleep all night she goes i did too whoa she goes, and i couldn't sleep either yeah. And so we just got into a conversation and we just knew. And the funny thing is um, we'd probably been talking for about an hour and then Jamie finally goes, so when do you want to get married? And so I always, oh, I so he always oh, jokes oh, that I was the one that asked him. She totally asked That's me to like marry. me. She I proposed. was like, Del, should I quit my job this year or next year? <laughs> when should I move schools to be closer to you? Yeah. Cause I was going to college at the U and she had to get closer. So I was like, Oh, this year. <laughs> that was kind of the same man, but not, I don't know. It was that fast. That's so that's cool. When you knew, you knew, you yeah. knew and it worked out. So, mm-hmm. and, and it, um, okay. So then you got married shortly thereafter, like a couple months, I'm guessing. Uh, yeah. So it was probably f- three months later. Okay. Where'd you get married? A St. George Saint Temple. George. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. St. George Temple. And then, um, all right. So you got married honeymoon phase. Um, and then when did like kids start coming into the picture? So Shaden was born like 11 months later. All right. We were married. So we, yeah. Wait, and where did that name come from? I've always wondered. My middle name is Shay. Uh-huh. And you know, there was all the Haydens and the Jadens. And, uh-huh. and I was just sitting there and I go, how about Shaden? And uh, Jamie let me, <laughs> let us go with it. So It's cool. It's different. Yeah. It's but cool that it's part of your name in so, it. It's not so, so different. Like you recognize the Shay in it. Yeah. So it's cool. I like it a lot. And so then, that was 11 months. Yes. You guys are just moving mm-hmm. real fast. Well, Jamie's, Jamie's mom struggled with infertility and yeah. she was always worried that, you know, we wouldn't be able to have kids and she didn't know how long it would take, you know, watching, yeah. watching. Yeah. Watching my mom go through that, even as a child was really hard for me. So I didn't know what our family would look like. So I, I thought it would take, you know, and people say, oh, 
sometimes it takes like a year before you even get pregnant mm-hmm. while trying with your first baby. And so, um, but we wanted to start our family right away. That was a decision I had and you were very supportive of that. And we made that decision together. Yeah. So Shaden came really, really quick, really easy. We were, we were really excited that, you know, like Jamie was always worried about having infertility issues, watching her mom go through it. And then we tried for years and years and didn't have any luck. And so with the second baby, oh, with, with the, the second, second, yeah, with our with, second. Okay. So Landon. the first one came a lot easier than you thought, but yes. then the, the second one um, just was a lot more difficult. They yeah. call that like secondary infertility, right? Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Landon came about five years later, like five years, five days later. And so, um, you know, we were so grateful to, to get the second, to, to have a second kid. You know, I, I came, it was tricky for me because I came from a big family and we were all a year and a half apart. And so I worried a lot about this huge gap between our boys. I thought, oh man, are they going to, are they going to be close? And they end up being like the best friends in the world. And so you can oh, so cool. God's timing's perfect. Yeah. They never fought. We didn't have kids that would fight like normal siblings. They didn't fight until really, I don't know. They just don't always get along now that Shaden's a teenager and Landon's that but they don't little fight. brother. I, they don't fight. I mean, I look at how my brothers were. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Shane's age. I mean, they really are very, very close. And so that's cool. Landon comes, and at this point, we we did want to have more children, but I started going through a phase where, after we kept trying, and years years are going by now, and now Landon's two or three or four, and it's not looking like we're going to get others. But this is the point where I started to kind of. And Jamie as well, we started to kind of dream a new dream. Mm-hmm. You know, I wanted that six kids, but I realized, you know what? I have two amazing kids. I'm I'm grateful for them. I, I was able to coach them soccer and do all of this, you know, all this extra stuff with them. And and so we started to settle in that, you know, you got used to that yeah, as the picture of it. your family. And and it's and it's beautiful and wonderful. And, and huh. I can be complete with this. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And I was in that process of okay. Let's, you know, set a time frame. I'm going to save up for infertility and. Oh, so then you decided that you might want to have more than two kids. Go that route. Yeah. Cause it had been what? Five years. About, yeah. About five years we'd been trying. We did have a feeling that there was at least one more. Yeah. And, and we just kept having this, this thing in our heart and minds. We were going to have, we were eventually going to have at least one girl. And Jamie had already decided we're going to name her Lily. And so we just kept thinking that's okay, stuck it just stuck it was uh-huh. stuck and and the funny thing is the quince came and lily was the last baby born we always wow. thought our baby would be named lily and it is she just brought four four other siblings yeah <laughs> now this um, is the last one just so you know there are four others too yeah. <laughs> so wow. it, it was it was about after five years of trying that we said okay let's just go in and, and just just see if we have any luck with infertility treatments mm-hmm Stay tuned for more Big Little Life with the Dashleys. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. And I That's always, a big decision. It is, yeah. Was, I I thought there was only in vitro, really, or taking um, just a fertility like medication. A, yeah. I didn't know that there's so many options available to couples these days. I had no idea. Um, With Landon, had you done infertility things at all? I did, and it didn't it didn't work. It didn't work. Um, so we, he was conceived naturally. Just, just it just happened, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She had taken Clomed for, you know, a, a while before and it didn't work. Huh. Yeah. So my infertility issue is I have PCOS or polycystic ovary syndrome, um, which makes it hard to get pregnant and right. to even know when to try. So um, I don't know where I was going with that. No, that was really good. Oh, that's yeah, that's good to know. So, um, so you decided go from there, just go to, and so we decided to have IVF. Was so, there a moment where you were where you turned to Skylar and said, I'm ready now because of this feeling or because. Yeah. So we did have an experience and it actually wasn't from us. Our two older boys were spending time together. They call it a brother's night where they just take a Friday night and just hang out, watch a movie, talk, play games. And they had come down together and collectively had said to Skylar and I, mom, dad, are we ever going to have another baby? And I think that was the moment where I realized as a family of four, they were ready for another sibling and it was time to meet with a specialist, not just my regular doctor. So, so um, that's when it got serious. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and at least know that you, we wanted to know we, we did everything we could yeah. and then we could be, we could be happy at with what we had. And, mm-hmm. and yeah. So you seem to have like really strong, like there was a strong spiritual confirmation when you guys got married. Was that a saint? Did you have that same feeling when you knew that you should do this? For sure. Yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. that it was the time. It just everything felt felt right. We felt like it was it was time. And cool. again, we'd been trying for about five years. Yeah. Um. And and we go in and and opt for IUI. Now, IUI usually takes so IUI five, six times, right? Yeah. Talk about that. IUI stands for intrauterine insemination. So most people think with infertility, you either take some medicine or there's IVF, mm-hmm. but IUI is a little bit different. It's a lot more affordable to couples. It's kind of in between mm-hmm. too, like yeah. not as quite as much as IVF. Right. Yeah. So that's, so you can continue talking and about. It, it's a process to where, you know, they're just going to time, you know, the best odds of, of conceiving. And so, you know, they told us now 
it often takes three, four, five times. So don't, you know, get your hopes up too much. I mean, just, and so we did the first round and it, it didn't work. Um, and Jamie was on the lowest dose of a, of a drug called Formara. And Formara is actually, a it's preferred by a lot of doctors, even over Clomid, because it actually has a lower chance of multiples. I think it has a two point something percent chance of twins. Oh, and what are the chances of quintuplets are one in 55 million pregnancies. Oh my, oh my gosh. So we, we go in, it doesn't work the first round and the second round, um, they usually up the medication. They decided not to. So she's still on the lowest dose <laughs> that she can yeah, take. Yeah. You told me one time, cause you just, you didn't want like triplets, right? Or you weren't, well, I, I'm you small. were scared. Yeah. yeah. I have a tiny torso. Um, when I'm pregnant, I have something called hyperemesis gravidarum. Oh so gosh. I get really sick, have to be on IVs. And so we had counsel with my doctor, you know, twins just probably wouldn't be the best, mm -hmm. the best fit for me. So whatever is the lowest dosage, let's go with that. Um, but just a side note, I actually didn't have hyperemesis with the quince. Your oh. body was like, yeah, my body's like, like, we're, we're, we're going to spare you just <laughs> yeah. a tad. That's a little I'm weird. not going to give you a normal pregnancy, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think she had a 98% chance of having hyperemesis. So that was one, I mean, one conceiving was the first huge miracle, but the second one was that she didn't have hyperemesis because that, that really would have probably ended the pregnancy. Um, because with the first two boys, she was on IVs um, for six months. I mean, it was just really, really, Gosh. really tough. Yeah. So you were probably in and out of the hospital all the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just severe dehydration, lack of nutrients. Because with hyperemesis, you just vomit everything you yeah. drink or eat. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It, okay. It's so, not fun. It's so hard. I so haven't done it, but my friends have experienced it and it's just so hard. Yeah. yeah. So man, so, okay. So you decided on the second time, go try it again, but keeping the same low dosage and that time is when it worked. It worked. Yeah. We knew we were pregnant and that was all we knew. We thought, do you know right away? No, they do hormone tests though. Like after a few weeks. So they do blood work to make blood sure work. you're pregnant and you can tell that you're pregnant. And uh -huh. then the numbers were high and they were, they were so high that we kind of knew we were going to have multiples. Oh, so you're just awaiting that ultrasound of, of when you're going to go in and, and find out exactly what's going on. So you had an inclination that it was multiples, like maybe twins, maybe yeah. triplets. And then what is, was it the 12 week ultrasound or how, I think it was after, is it eight I or nine it was weeks? Like four to six weeks. It's not too far in. Okay. Yeah, you're um, really monitored when you're meeting with a fertility doctor, you're monitored so much. So there was really no guesswork. And you're probably meeting with a specialist too, the, yeah. the do specialist doctor. And they, yeah, they tend to have women that are pregnant yeah. with twins, really not much more than that. Uh -huh. So I didn't think anything past twins. I actually remember in the, on the car ride over there talking. <laughs> and at this point now I'm kind of excited about twins. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, man, we're going to hit the reset button. We're doubling our posterity. Like, this is so cool. And I remember saying to Jamie, could you imagine, I mean, could you imagine if we had triplets oh. and she, she's like, Oh, that would be so hard. I'm like, yeah, but maybe grandma could, could help. And, and so we're, we're a little nervous. Yeah. What, if what if they're triplets? And that's, uh -huh. this is how we go in to go sit down to, to this ultrasound is that's such okay. a different experience going in and saying, how many are there instead yeah. of like, you're usually just, Oh, like how's the heartbeat? Is right. it okay? And you guys are going in counting dots. Yes. So he's like, or she is like, okay, there's one. Okay, there's two. What and did then, they say like, to you? What was it like? Talk about when you found out. Well, when they first showed the screen, I saw 
you know, the little... They're like little marbles almost or like little specks. Yeah, but I thought, because with the with the problem I have of PCOS, I thought they were showing my ovaries, like all the cysts around my ovaries. So that's what I thought in the beginning until their eyes got really big and were like, no, that's... She actually had the screen to where we can see it because they show you what's going on. And all of a sudden, um, and, and the sweetest nurse ever she was so she actually had gotten to become pretty good friends with jamie just just talking and things like that Mm -hmm. and so she had a lot of concern for jamie she quickly just turns the screen oh oh so jamie couldn't see it so yeah we couldn't see it anymore and then she actually calls over another nurse to come look at it you guys are like what's going on and and i'll be i mean she was almost pale. Like you could tell <laughs> she was in shock. Because oh. this just doesn't happen. Yeah, because she's never done this before. She's like, something might be wrong. She'd seen twins and maybe triplets like once, yeah. but she'd never seen this. And so she, they look at us and I'm like, is, is there more than two? Oh. Go, yes. Three. Yes. No. And I'm like, is there, are there four? She goes, there's four of them. Oh, you only saw four. Only saw four. So she starts to do the measurements, the heartbeats. We're going through one at a time. And it's probably 20 minutes later, they've done measurements and things. And all of a sudden, she just gets that look again and her jaw drops. And she didn't even have to say anything. Oh, my God. (laughs) I just like, I've been in this situation. And it's so crazy and stressful. And like your adrenaline's pumping just with one baby. Yeah. And your life is changing so much mm-hmm. just with one baby. I can't even imagine it's with like five. It's like inconceivable. So you just knew when so when fr- her jaw dropped again and you were like, I mean, 10 five. minutes had gone by and we thought four babies were having quads. And <laughs> you're like watching and YouTube they found videos or something. And, and the crazy thing is, in the moment that she had that that look on her face, the most amazing piece. I felt the most amazing piece. Wow. And I looked right at her and I'm like there's five, aren't there? And she nodded her head and sat in the chair. <laughs> she, I mean, she was so in shock that, and at this point we're almost, I remember almost comforting her saying, you know what? We're going to be okay. It's going to be okay. The nurse. It's gonna work. Cause she loved Jamie and she, she, yeah. she, she thought of, you well, know, she, she knew what this would involve a quintuplet and she pregnancy. She was incredible. She also had high premises as a nurse. And she said, in all the years I've ever done this, I've never had a woman come in with infertility and want to have a child and be willing to go through, through this. So she was worried about lots of different things, of course. Um, but in that moment, Skylar and I, I mean, we had talked about it going in, um, that no matter how, how this worked, cause we knew it was more than one for my HCG levels of blood work. Um, but no matter what, this was going to be our family and we would carry them as long as my body possibly could. And we were at peace about that. Yeah. Wow. How did you tell your family? Or what did you say? Well, my mom actually was there with us because I thought I was going to be having twins. And I thought, well, I'm not going to be doing this by myself. It's going to be a lot of work. And I thought, well, that'll be really sweet because we can all celebrate together that I'm finally pregnant. And so she was there with us. And I think the feeling was probably quite similar. I'm sure concerned because she's my my mom and she watched me go through the first two pregnancies. Concern. I mean, you go through so many things when you find out you're expecting five kids at the same time. But again, there was a piece. And I remember your mom even saying, you know, it, 
it's going to be okay. It, it's, it, it, it'll be all right. It's going to work out. So we're in the situation where, you know, quintuplets, we, we obviously knew it was high risk, but we didn't know too much about it. Um, my, the, the doctor actually pulled me aside. I'm not the nurse that, not the sonographer, but the doctor pulled me aside and Jamie wasn't there, but on, on the follow-up visit. And he said, you know, look, and in a very loving way, he said, I've, I've been doing this for like 30 years. He says, we've never had Quince make it. We've, we've never. Wow. And we're in a situation where, you know, medically you, you are advised, you know, reduce. And, and for us in our situation, in our hearts, we just, we, we knew that that wasn't something that was an option for us. Yeah. And my feeling was, okay, they're in there. I'm just going to put this in God's hands. And again, like Jamie said, however this works out, it works out. And one of the biggest risks when you're looking at high order multiples is you're in a situation where they want to come at around 24 weeks. Oh my God. The average gestation for quintuplets that make it is about 26 and a half, but they usually come much earlier and they don't make it. And so early 24 Mm -hmm. weeks is where you can just, that's just viability just Mm -hmm. to live. However, that now you have a 60 plus chance of the baby surviving, but the chance of CP, the chance of blindness, the What's chance CP um, cerebral palsy. Yes. Okay. And so we're in a situation where we realized we could have five babies that were in a wheelchair with special needs, not knowing, you know, this would be our family in every sense. And that's why doctors won't touch it because it's just so high risk that you get past that danger zone. And now, now you crash, you, you cross the, threshold where they are going to live uh-huh. but what's going to be their quality of life yeah so um, you just had the feeling that we're gonna we're gonna keep running with this absolutely mm-hmm. we just said okay it's we, we felt god had a hand and in, in, it, it was a miracle we conceived we're gonna leave this in his hands and we will just accept whatever comes yeah and i also in that moment decided i'm just going to live in gratitude every single day i get to do this and that was kind of um just life-changing for me just living in gratitude Mm -hmm. that really kept me going. It really kept me full of hope. Um, And it was just something I just, I just clung to. But that first day when we first found out, I I was really excited. You know, I'm finally pregnant and this is great. But that second day really was hard for me. The reality of what that would mean on our family, my body, our extended family. I mean, my life I knew would never be the same and there would be no going back. Um, and as a mother, that's, that is motherhood. Uh Your life is never the same again. One of my hardest things about being pregnant is I have so much fear that the baby won't make it. So I try not with my first two and I would want to do it differently with my third. I try not to like bond with my baby until it's born and it's really hard. And it's like probably a damaging thing for me. What I mean, like, and that's with one baby and like with my next baby, that would be my goal to try and just like cherish the life that I have the second I find out about it and just be more vulnerable. What was your, like, did you like, were were you always picking out names from the very beginning or were you always imagining it? Or I kind of with George, I just kind of, I was pregnant, but I didn't really go there. I just... Until yeah. like 38 weeks and then I kind of went there. You know, it's it's interesting you ask that. I've never had anybody ask that specific question. Um, 
I remember there was another woman pregnant with quintuplets at the same time as me. And she and I kind of had met up through a Facebook private group. And she was going through the same emotions that you're speaking of and that I was going through. I had had some neat experiences where I knew that I would have a daughter. I knew she'd be named Lily, but I, I also, I just felt so connected to her long before Mm -hmm. she ever came to be in existence within my womb, if that makes sense. Like I think as women, we have that internal compass that is just a gift and a guide for us. Um, that gives us kind of a deeper understanding of things, especially some women talk about, you know, feeling like there's another child. For me, that was that exact thing. But when I was pregnant, there was a portion of me that was scared. And as you talked about, um, vulnerability is a huge thing when when you're pregnant, and especially with harder multiples. I was scared. I didn't know what the outcome would be, but I also was incredibly hopeful because to not be full of hope, I would have just been a quitter from the beginning. And I realized it was going to take me digging deep outside of myself to be able to do this. Because I'm I'm small. I'm 5'4". I'm uh-huh. short. I'm petite. Um, short torso, too. Short like she torso. Has long legs. Super long torso. legs, but tiny Gosh. torso. Um, but I just tried to bond with my kids as much as I possibly could. And this time around, I didn't have hyperemesis. I wasn't extremely ill with what's called, you know, morning sickness. We call Mm -hmm. it morning sickness, but it's much more than that if you've ever had it as a woman. Um, But I would talk to my babies every single day and I treated them like individuals from the very beginning. And from the beginning, I actually, I had a dream that I had three little girls and two little boys. You did? Yes, from the very beginning. And I dreamt- like a couple weeks after. Yeah, I had- But before the- the ultrasound of knowing genders. And I dreamt that they were all perfectly healthy. I dreamt that they all had big blue eyes and long eyelashes. Um, I dreamt that we had a great doctor actually in Phoenix. That's another portion of our story. Um, And that they were really close to their nurses. And I dreamt that it was discharge, discharge day at the NICU and what a celebration it was. Um, and so from the very beginning, I just had these little snippets of just inspiring dreams and experiences. Those are real tender mercies. Like, don't yeah. fear, like I've got you. Cause yeah. it's not like you, like I never wanted to not love my babies. I just knew I wouldn't be okay. Like if anything happened, like you were afraid to love your child mm-hmm. if you didn't get to keep them in this lifetime. Yeah. And that was like, that was really, there were moments of it where I would just cry because I so wanted this child. And um, one portion of, portion of our story people may not know is in between Shaden and Landon, I had a miscarriage and how hard that was. And I grieved the loss of that child, honestly, for five years. I had a nephew that is the same age as that child I would have had. Um, and it can be a really hard thing um, to bond with your child when pregnant after having a loss Mm -hmm. because I was so excited. I felt like I was having a boy and I'd already named him and I was so excited. And we had told people and then having to backtrack and people say, Oh, how are you doing? And how's the pregnancy? And be like, actually I lost the baby this many months ago. You know, it's a really hard thing, but this pregnancy was full of so much joy and just these tender moments of, I felt like God or angels or, I don't know, something just inspiring me to be hopeful and to enjoy it and to just live every day in gratitude that I 
got to do it. And, um, yeah, that was, that was kind of my experience of bonding. I wanted to bond as long as I could with these kids and I didn't want to waste or squander that time this time. So I just, I lived every day in gratitude, soaked it up. I'd talk to my babies. I'd envision, it's called guided imagery. I would envision what they smelt like, what they, you know, all the different senses. I imagined myself playing with my kids and what they would perhaps look like and calling them each by name. Um, towards the end, we had named the babies and I had a dream actually that I had named him Daisy, Lily, and Violet. And Violet in the dream, we called her Vivi, which is why we call her Vivi, which doesn't really go with Violet, but wow, it's yeah. cute. That was tricky coming up with five baby names. But yeah. That we agreed yeah. on. Like, I, 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 I remember after hearing all five heartbeats, it was a total commitment. What we prayed for, we wanted to bring home five healthy babies. And in that moment, I already felt like five people had joined our family. And so there was this bonding. And so at this moment, we it was a miracle we conceived. It was a miracle, you know, that Jamie didn't have hyperemesis. And, and I remember saying to Jamie, there, the next miracle is there's got to be someone that's prepared to do this. There's got to be a doctor out there that knows how to help us get five healthy kids. And so um, she had had a dream about Arizona and I was looking and I said, you know, I've been looking at doctors. I go, there's a guy in Arizona named Dr. John Elliott. And Jamie's like, I think that's where we're going. I said, me too. It just seemed like every time we pictured going to Arizona, I just had this bright, I could see cactuses. I just had this bright, happy feeling. And then a lot of people were trying to pull us in different directions, have us go up North. And I just would picture just it just didn't seem right. I could almost picture rain clouds for whatever reason. And so we felt really clear that we're going to have to relocate. So we go ahead. Did you have to move for insurance? And we, we, we did, we had to relocate and our insurance at that time wasn't, wasn't going to work. It didn't look like it was oh my going gosh. to work. So, you know, the, the pregnancy ended up being $2 million plus oh. two point something million dollar pregnancy. But that's we crazy. we don't know if we didn't know if the insurance was going to work, but we just felt like this is where we were supposed to go, and so we met with Doctor Elliot for the first time, and I remember he I talked was, about was that was I twelve weeks or was it sixteen? I think sixteen ish, but we'd already we already knew we were going to come there, but we met him in person, and I remember at one point he just talked about what it was. He never sugarcoated. He always let us know, well, this is kind of the odds, but this is what we're shooting for. And this is what we're going to do at this point, And this is why. And so he took us through everything. And then he looked at me and said, if you can drop everything, and I mean everything, do it. Wow. So that said your wife needs you. But that's the opposite of what you want to do because you want to provide, provide for your kids. Yes. And and so at this point, you know, I look at her, we 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 went out of there and we I, I still had a mortgage. I still had everything. We walked away from our livelihood. But we figured and he said this, whatever God gives you, this will be your family forever. Right now all your focus is is it's just got to be your family and and nothing else, and so we 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 re, re, relocated. <laughs> we went to Phoenix. Oh my gosh! And um, stayed at the Ronald McDonald House. Um, Tiny little room for months. For months. Um, and then we get to about twenty one and a half weeks, and um, I think Jamie and I will 
always remember this day. We actually had a wonderful day, had friends that came to visit us. Yeah, my two best friends had come from St. George to visit, and it was it was just a perfect day. Um, by then, I was kind of wheelchair wheelchair bound because I was just so big, it was hard to walk, and so they just kind of pushed me around. When and- did you get to like like normal terms, like normal 40 week size with one baby. How many Probably weeks? 12 weeks. At 12 weeks. 12 to 16, well, I looked nine months she pregnant. She was always kind of small with her pregnancy. And so I remember like seeing her at like 16 weeks and seeing her like bigger and thinking, oh my heck. Oh my gosh. How big is she going to get? I mean, it, it was a little alarming. Yeah. So, There's five so in there. We spend the day. Jamie goes with her friends to Hobby Lobby Home Goods. What's it called? <laughs> you call it Hobby Lobby Home Goods. Huh? Did you just mix them all up? All, all my favorite all her stores. Girls stores has the best day. And then I remember early in the morning, Jamie waking me up and very calmly saying, Skylar, I think my water broke. At 21 and a half weeks. 21 and a half weeks. Which is too early. Too mm-hmm. early. Too, too early. Um, 24 weeks is, is where they can live. And even that's a 60% yeah. chance. And so we, we go in and um, they test, they verify that, you know, it is ambiotic fluid. Um, and at this point, there's doctors in and out. I remember they all kind of came in together and the lead doctor. Um, there were two women doctors that were there in the ER that day. And, and Jamie said, you know, do we have any hope? Because we kind of knew what they came in to tell us. Are you crying? Are you just frozen emotionally i there's a nurse later i became friends with and she retold me the story that i was just in a zone and there was a picture in there in this tiny little room tiny little room with a tiny little curtain and i was just fixated on this picture it was some landscape of like the ocean and flowers and i just put all my energy into being hopeful wow that's just like it's so so I, I think about the things like how whatever the mind can believe and conceive it can achieve type thing. It seems like you really honed that and used all of your energy yeah. and power as a, as a powerful mother to like will these children into existence. Mothers are very powerful. Yes. I, I learned, I learned some things along the way. One of which is our minds and our souls are far more powerful than our body. Like the soul. Talk about that has so much depth. Um, did we finish up anything else you were going to say? You can edit that part out. Tangents. Tangents are okay. We love tangents. We'll come okay. back. Okay. Talk about. So rephrase, what were you asking? Um, sometimes just that's hard about body. Just how you soul. learn that you're, yeah, that you're, that your soul and your mind is a lot more powerful than your body. You said? Yes. Yeah. Um, so if we could backtrack just for a moment. So that first day I found out that I was pregnant. The second day, I had called up someone that was a counselor because I just wanted to pull every everyone together that was my best bet and best hope. And she told me, Jamie, you live in the present and you live in the moment. And um, she talked to me about something called guided imagery where you envision what it is you want to create. And for me, it was creating human beings, right? Healthy in every single way. And when my water broke... I think it was 6 a.m. in the morning and Skylar was just sound asleep. I was just sopping wet. And I, I had never had that experience with my boys. I had to be induced because they just 
took their sweet time. (laughs) But uh, that morning, I just had this feeling that remain calm. There's no use in wasting my good energy on freaking out, right? What, what does drama really do, but waste our good energy is what I like to say. That's a good quote and put that on the wall. Okay, there you go. So I had, I had Googled and looked up signs of water breaking and it fit all the criteria. So within a couple minutes, I, I awoke Skylar and said, it's time to go to the ER. And so anyway, there were a couple of um, female doctors that were there on rotations there and a couple of great nurses that took care of me. And we were in that tiny little room for about 11 hours waiting for an ultrasound. What? And because it was a really busy, was it a Saturday or a Sunday? Do you remember? Was it Friday or something? Down there in Phoenix. It was they busy. Were, they were packed. So I would we, think you would take like a little higher on the priority list. You would think, but they, they had... Uh, they had actually just had quintuplets, oh my gosh. a pregnancy um, that didn't make it. And we actually had met her at the Ronald McDonald house, an incredible woman. Um, and so we just had to get in line and wait our turn. And so Skyler and I decided in that moment after those sweet women doctors had told us, you know, there, you really don't have a chance, you know, it's, in the next 24 hours. I said that to you. That's what they all be, came in to say. Be that was prepared. the question. Yeah. I, I remember Jamie just saying, do we have any hope in the situation? And she, she cried and said, I'm sorry, sweetheart. She actually had to leave. I think she said, I'm, I'm sorry. Cause they had sweetheart. just gone through this within a couple months, yeah. of another woman. So it was fresh in everyone's mind. She was very clear and she, very compassionate. She yeah. said, no, she said, you don't, I'm, oh my I don't gosh. Wanna, yeah. she goes, I don't want to give you any false hope. She goes, you will deliver all of these babies within today. 24 hours with higher and multiples because there's five times in our situation, five times, there's five times the hormones when anything goes wrong, everything's accelerated. So when water breaks, it's almost instantaneous that you're going to, you're going to lose the pregnancy. Deliver. Your body all can like them. can sense it. Cause that was my yeah. question there. It could have just been one, which it was, and they were worried that you would lose all of them because they're all in separate amniotic sacs. sacs. Ours were. In some higher multiples, you know, you have identicals. Ours are all fraternal, so they each had their own sac and each had their own placenta. So in this situation, you know, they she's basically her water broke. She's in labor. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we went through the whole... I mean, the whole process. I mean, they said we can send in social workers... Um, because we wanted to bring the babies home, but it really was, you know, you can, we could take them home in a box and, and, and start going through this. Oh my gosh. So we just start going through just kind of, I remember putting my hands on and we had really, like we said, <coughs> tried to connect with all these babies and we felt like we already knew them all. So we just started just talking to all of them and just trying to keep, I guess, peace in our hearts. But, you know, we were, we were told there was no chance um, our doctor then um, eventually was was able to get in touch with us, and with a um, singleton pregnancy, when a membrane breaks, there's a one percent chance that that can heal over. And so our doctor told us that he said, "You know, well, there's a one percent chance." What he didn't tell us is there's a one percent chance one out of a hundred with a singleton pregnancy. There's never been a documented case with higher or multiples ever that a membrane could seal over. So we had started sharing our journey 
um, initially to keep people informed. Like when, when I told a couple people that we were expecting quintuplets, I told my mom, I guess if you tell your mom, you tell everybody. I remember two <laughs> days later picking up Jamie's phone and she had over 300 text messages. The world becomes your family really. <laughs> yeah. And so we set up a Facebook page cause that was the easiest way that we, we couldn't talk to everybody. Yeah. It was the easiest way to keep everyone informed, but it grew and grew. And by this point we actually had, you know, just a, a, a group of people all over the world that were following our story. People started praying. And I remember just certain groups, me and Jamie always remember a group from Australia said, you know, we prayed for you last night and we played the drums for you. To the and heavens. They played the drums to the heavens. And I remember at night, I mean, I've never been in a situation where I've had so many people praying for. I mean, it's a rare thing. I've never been in that situation, but you could feel it. I remember at night, I could feel people that were awake on the other side of the world pulling for us and praying that that somehow, even though medically we had, as far as documentation, a 0% chance, and we were told we had no hope, what you hold on to is just what what's in your heart and the experience that, that Jamie had had and, and the dream that she'd had. And so we actually had gathered ourselves together, and a few days later, they're not coming. The babies aren't coming. They did an ultrasound. Logan had no fluid. Um, and so we're in this situation where we're just sitting there, but we had pulled ourselves together and we had a lot, just an amazing piece. And it was, it was so notable that it almost alarmed the doctors. They would come in and tell us, no, you do, you do know that this is this. It's not looking, it's good, not looking right? good. It's not looking good. And we were like, you know, we, we understand that. So but you we went, still have hope. yeah. So you went to the hospital the first time when you thought your water had broke or it had, yeah, and then they do an ultrasound eleven hours later, and they find out that baby baby A, baby Logan. A which is Logan, his water Logan. broke. And yeah. at that point, do they put you on medicine to stop labor, or do they just say go home, or do they admit you until so I? Yeah, so our doctor had ordered a blood transfusion, so I had two blood transfusions. Which were tend, you losing blood? Or? Um, no, so it just calms the uterus down to stop oh. contracting. And so I went to bed that night after having the two blood. Did I have the two blood transfusions that night or was it the next day? Um, I think I it was remember. within the, the first couple of days, but we stay in the hospital right. at this point. Had you felt any contractions I, or were you just I always did. feeling contractions? So when I went to bed that night, they had said, let us know. It wasn't an if, let us know when you feel contractions and we'll we'll come and take it from there. Mm -hmm. So I went to bed not knowing what the morning would bring. And I did indeed start feeling contractions in the middle of the night, um, rang for the nurse, and then fell back asleep within five minutes. And I woke the next day, and I didn't have any more contractions. And so from then, they had called our specialist, Dr. John Elliott, in, and he he was the one that had said, okay, we're going to do a couple blood transfusions that'll calm the uterus down. So I was just there until I delivered and we didn't know when, what that time frame would be. Um, so it was just a one, one minute at a time, sometimes one moment at a time, one day at a time, but I didn't go into labor. And nothing really medically, there's, there was no medical explanation other than people praying for us all over, but no medical explanation why the pregnancy why the labor had stopped. And so it, at this point, now we get into we living three? in the hospital. Well, yeah. Are your boys with you? Or 
No, they're in, they're in St. George with grandma oh, and grandpa. Stay. So it's months. Have you don't see them for a couple months? Yeah, they would come sometimes on uh-huh. the weekends. Uh-huh. So we usually got to see them about every other weekend. They were great about bringing them. Nice. But this is like a whole new phase where we're living in the hospital. And part of the journey, there's some parts that are almost, I don't, I don't want to say funny, but almost funny to me. Because now we're there. And then a week later, we're there. And a week later, these people that, these doctors that do their rounds, I remember coming in and seeing us and looking at the clipboard again and going, you're still here? Like, how are you still here? So right now you guys are like 22 weeks only. This is the first time this has ever happened medically. Are you taking special like steroids to help the babies get ready? At this point, not in the no. beginning. No, that didn't come till later. Because they're okay. twenty. Now we're twenty-two weeks. So there's still not a ton. If they're born, there's nothing they can do for them. And so the the next huge, huge milestone you want to hit is the twenty-four weeks. How do you stay calm? I don't. I. How do you not have a panic attack every little feeling, or like every? That was my thing. If I didn't feel a kick for ten minutes, I was like so sure it was over. So they were doing ultrasounds daily at this point, Uh monitoring each of the babies. Um, They would just make their rounds and I was just, that was just part of my routine. Every morning it seemed like 10 o'clock I'd have, I'd have my ultrasound. So we were having everybody monitored. Every, everybody was looking good. Did you have things on all day, every day? little heart rate yeah the first two weeks yeah I had all I had those things but they also had strapped me to the bed to make sure I didn't have blood clots the first two weeks so I so I was strapped to a little compression Uh yeah and I was faithful I was not going to take those off and I actually I had this experience where I felt someone or something tell me to lay on my left side for as long as I could. And I think I lasted just lying on my left side for like seven days seven or nine days oh my gosh which Are I you think, waiting for a feeling to tell you, okay, it's okay. You don't have to lay on your left side. Yeah. It was kind of weird, but I was like, okay, well, I've got nothing to lose. So we're just mm-hmm. going to do that. We're already and, a miracle, like a living, walking miracle yeah, so far. So. Yeah. So I, I did that from the beginning. And I remember the nurse saying, because I remember asking her, I'd become really close to all of my nurses at this mm-hmm. point. Her name was Michelle. And I, I remember saying, you know, do you think I'm going to lose the babies at this point? And she just said, what will be, will be. And that's like something that stuck with me. What will be, will be. And um, I just, I lived each moment, like that sweet counselor said, in the present. And we're at this point, we're we're now a couple weeks into this. We hit the 24-week mark. Oh, so that's like a huge, like. Huge. But then again, also the 20, the quince, the average, like I said, is usually 26 and a half for the quince that make it. And even that's too early. Uh-huh. And, it's and, really and, early. And they could come any time. I mean, they're, they're literally like watching us daily and almost like per hour going, okay, how long is she going to carry these? We're worried about Logan at this point, though. Because yeah, he, I remember you saying like you saw that the water was gone. He has no fluid. And so did he get it back? So at this point, he still doesn't have. He still doesn't have What it. does that fluid. do for a baby? His lung development is all tied oh, to, they to having it in. that fluid. And so now we're looking at going, well, maybe the labor is going to stop. Or are we going to lose Logan? And, and so there was a lot of just prayer, you know, hashtag Logan strong. Everyone's praying for Logan at this point. And then we make it to 25 weeks and about 25, 26 weeks, somewhere in there. Now we're getting up to where they're expecting the quince to come. 
Logan is the first documented higher order multiple case. His membrane had healed over and he had more fluid than his siblings. Oh my god. Again, with just people praying around the world. He's in a book somewhere. He's in, he's in a book. He's, you guys are going to be in medical and, journals and like like future textbooks. Like this has only been happened. This has only happened once. It was incredible. And our doctor, as rare as quintuplets are, he'd been doing this since the 80s. We were, the, I think, his 24th set mm-hmm. of quints that made it. That made it. And so now we're at 20, we're at 26. Well, weeks. I don't know that they all made it, but we were number 24 of delivery. 24 that made it. Yeah. They were. You can cut that out. They were 24 that made it. <laughs> so, um, okay. So, uh, then all of a sudden we're at 27. 28 is a huge milestone. 28, usually your, your lungs do better. And, and getting quints to 28 weeks is not easy. And watching, I'm just watching Jamie. Um, if you ever, if there ever was determination, if there ever was faith, if there ever was focus, this woman exemplified all of that. I mean, she was just, I even watched her for weeks eat hospital food that was so gross. <laughs> she that showed the worst that, food that she that had hospital. to feed her babies yeah. and we bring her in stuff. But now we're getting to the point where she can't eat anymore. I'm watching just, Cause you're so there's no place to put the food. There's no space. That was my greatest. I had no one talks about that. Everyone talks about how you eat for two and then you hit 30 weeks and you can't eat anything at all. And I I mean, you hit 12 weeks and probably felt that way. She's she, we hit the 20, she's 28 weeks with quince and can't eat anymore. I mean, I would go get the, anything I knew that she loved and she'd go, Oh, thank you. And a bite. And that was it. And so I'm like watching her going, okay, now we're getting to the point where mom, the, the longest that our doctor would have let us go was 32 period. 34. Oh no. Oh yeah. 34. Yeah, 34. Because at that point there's, it's so it's like hard on the at mom. a risk on Jamie. Yeah. yeah. Just on your heart and on your, but on Jamie's your heart. Yeah. Tiny. <laughs> and we, we get to 28 weeks and I'm looking at her going, Oh my gosh, I, I don't know. I, I couldn't believe we got there. Are we going to go longer? Did you have to go on like IV, how they do like nutrients? That's how they fed you? No. So towards the end, or actually from the beginning, Dr. Elliot said you gain 75 to 100 pounds as fast as you can. Because towards the end, he had told me it's going to be harder to eat. So your body will live off of your fat reserves. So I had gained the whole pregnancy. I ended up gaining 75 pounds, which. Which would have been impossible with high premises. So again, it was yeah. such a blessing. She didn't so I ate all that I could, but I had gained so much weight during that time frame. You know, when you can eat a lot after the morning sickness goes away. Yeah. So and Jamie struggles to gain weight. I mean, I could give a course a course on how to gain weight. I'm a, I'm a pro. <laughs> I'm Same so here. good at it. But Jamie's never been able to. So even that was was such a heartfelt commitment. Is I'm gonna. And, and at that time I was like trying to eat healthy and I would give her Hagen dazs and just be like, what's it taste like? <laughs> I wish I could <laughs> you describe it to me. <laughs> Were you hungry can at I, the end? Can I smell it? Did you I feel wasn't hungry? hungry at the end in St. Joseph's great hospital, great caretakers. Their food is lousy. <laughs> oh, it was like, yeah. I don't even know what what was in some of that food. There, there were some of our nurses that would bring in extra stuff. I they'd, mean, people were just they'd bring it in from the doctor's lounge, or here, here you go. Here's the good stuff. Oh, so they bring in companies. Yeah, they'd bring me the good like, stuff. Come on, St. Joseph, we're giving you national news attention. Like, gosh, did give they me some have good food. 
what is it called? The food delivery service. Did they have that then? Like Grubhub DoorDash, or DoorDash? Grubhub. No, not yet. Uber that Eats. I was the food right, delivery service. Right before <laughs> that. It was Skylar. Yeah. yeah. And, then, and then people are sending us packages from all over the place. That's and so sometimes cool. I'd open this and it was heartwarming, but I'd open them and I'd be like, there's Oreos and Pringles. And I'm thinking she can't eat anything. And I'm sitting here in a hospital. <laughs> there's nothing for you to like, do. You guys are eat. just making me fat. I'm like, do you think I'm on a camp? Out? Look at this. There's like a s'more kit in here. And I ended up putting on 30 pounds during the pregnancy. Cause I'm a stress. Eater. You know what, Jamie, I'll do this with you. <laughs> yeah. And Jamie's lost it all. I haven't lost any of it, but that's, that's another story. Yeah. Um, but we hit 29 weeks and it's one or two in the morning. One disadvantage we had is they couldn't check to see how dilated Jamie was because once Logan's membrane broke, you risk introducing infection. So, so they don't get to check her, but at this point she starts having contractions and we could see it on the monitor because at that point I was hooked up. And at this point it's exciting. It's not terrifying. Like hope has returned to all the doctor's eyes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this is, this is the legit pregnancy. There's five little baby beds probably waiting Yes, somewhere close by. They're on deck. They're all on call. They're ready. And they go to check. They're finally like, we, we just better check. And the doctor checks. And was it the same doctor? It was, it the, was same the same one doctor that was who, in the ER that said, I'm sorry, sweetheart, but oh, there's no that's way. a full circle. Yeah. Special full circle. circle. And, and, and all of the doctors, you know, acknowledge that there is no medical explanation that we have five healthy kids at home, quintuplets. And so it was her that checked and she's like, now these babies are still small. They're two to two and a half pounds. If she was dilated to like a five, she could actually have the babies. And they checked, she's dilated to a six. And she doesn't, at this point, the doctor just goes, we're having, she picks up a like walkie talkie and says, we're having babies. And I'm like, and she just leaves the room. Did I hear that right? And an army like, enters. And then like the most amazing orchestrated, beautiful ballet of people come in. It was so cool. Are they just there all on no call sp- at that point for yes. you, your team? Yeah. And they have a team for every baby. Every baby has their wow. own respiratory therapist. Every baby. They had five people per child. And another special thing is, um, and they don't do this. They've never done this. I talked to someone that had worked there for 30 years. Because this is an emergency C-section, Jamie's going to be put under. And when they put the woman under, the husband doesn't come in. So I think I'm going to be out there. They come out and just grab my hand and said, okay, we're going to have babies. Come on in. So I got to be there when the babies were, were born. And I was just sitting there. I'm looking at Jamie. They're breathing for her. She's completely under. And then all of a sudden I hear the first little kitten cry. Oh, man. And... Within 90 seconds. It's so fast. There's five beautiful babies. And um, I remember they, they um, it was baby. What was Lily? I think she was five? E. She e, was E because she was last baby, born. Yeah. But she was closest to where Jamie was. And the, and the nurse says, dad, dad, come here. Come look at, come look at your baby. And I look and Lily's there most beautiful baby. I mean, she was perfect. She was just really, really little. But I remember looking at her and instantly everything was okay. I knew I didn't have to worry about anything. And and just the most um, amazing feeling. And then they brought me around and I got to see all the babies. Now the babies were not born in order. And so at this point, 
you people are like, how did you know which baby was which baby? And Jamie, poor thing, had to wait a few days to, where she could even really see the babies oh. and get up. But my premonition as a dad, every baby I met, the second I saw him, I was like, Lily. And I'm like, hi, Daisy. Daisy gave me the biggest frown. <laughs> Put me back in there because she kind of dominated in the womb. She was in the middle and she'd move anywhere she wanted. The ultrasounds were funny because we'd start measuring another baby and she'd go push the baby out of the way to get oh in front gosh. of the, the camera. That's hilarious. But every baby we we just knew. And, uh, and then we'd go to recovery. Yeah, I just knew. I, I you know, I knew. And that, who, that was knew. important to me that I named the baby the right name. Cause I knew them each in my womb. Like I could tell who it was that was moving or like I could feel their spirit individually, not just as a whole, which, which that part was incredible to me. Cause I didn't know, I didn't know anyone that had quintuplets, like what that feels like, but they were each, their spirit was so different and the way they moved or they kicked or they nudged me. I could tell who it was. And it was really important that I named them the right name that I had called them while they were in my belly. And I think when they were born, it wasn't, so when they were like doing ultrasounds, there was A through E babies, but it was different once they were born. It was all kind of mixed up of who came first. Um, Cause Logan was the original A baby, but actually ended up being Violet who was born first. So she now took the A slot, but there was a, there was a, um, there were two babies. I wasn't sure which one was which baby. And that was really important of getting Daisy and Violet right. And they're exactly right. They're, yeah, they're totally their own. As you know, having kids, they are their own people. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they are. That's so special. That's Gosh, I'm just, I don't know if I've blinked this entire time. I've just been sitting here listening to this beautiful story. Like your guys' faith and your hope, even, even when it seemed like it was all lost out, you're just conviction and, is just so inspiring to me and like the, how the whole world rallied behind you. That's such an inspirational story. There were so many people that were a part of, of this miracle and it, and it wasn't, you know, it was just like one continuous miracle after another of just step by step. But, you know, we'll, we'll forever be grateful to, um, you know, the fight to love community that rallied behind us, prayed with us, you and know, the staff, cried with us. The staff <laughs> there at, St. Joe's and they, they've become lifelong friends. Two of those ladies, like forever, I will be grateful for them. Those days when I would just find myself crying in bed thinking there's no hope, you know, it's over. I'd, I would have those moments of just being real and vulnerable and honest. And they, they were the ones that would come and comfort me or cry with me sometimes. Um, you know, I, I, I think of that. I think of our five to love community. I think of our friends, family, neighbors, just good people all around the world. And then also, of course, Dr. John Elliott, we couldn't have done it without him. He really was just, just inspired man. And, and he would, he would say, you know, well, this is not what we wanted to happen. Um, we're going to do this and this is what we're going to pray happens. And we're going to make the best and he of it. Say the, the term pray and, and wow. Well, it's and, cool. You yeah. had a faithful. Yeah. He doctor. wasn't afraid to just, I mean, his success is, is due to his humility and, and, you know, as, as, as accomplished as he is, he really is just a humble person and recognizes, you know, God's hand in, in, in his work, in his work and, and the, and the beauty of, of well, welcoming life into this world. And he's just remarkable. We'll love him forever. So the babies are born and it kind of feels in the story, like that's the end of worrying, but it's kind of hindsight because you have five healthy toddlers now. 
they're so new. Was was anyone in the woods or was anyone was there anyone you were worried about? I I had a hard time. I was afraid to bond with Logan at first. For it took me um, about a week or two to not be afraid to touch him because I thought I would break him. He seemed so fragile when he was Was he the littlest? No, he wasn't. He was just the one that the water had broke and I thought... So it was all in your head or was there actually... It was all in my head. There was no... There was nothing wrong with him. He was perfect. He was fine. But I was just afraid that I would break him. And it took me a while to work through that. And bonding is different for every mother with their child. Sometimes it's immediate. Sometimes it's while you're pregnant. Sometimes it just takes time to bond with your child. And it probably took me a week or two to let go of that fear and just accept it's okay. It's okay. And and that relationship, you know, that bonding does take time sometimes. And I think a lot of NICU families go through that too, yeah. because I, I mean, I'm they had to start changing diapers and these tiny little arms that are like as big as my finger. I'm like afraid I'm like going to hurt their legs or they don't to lift up their legs. I'm like, I'm afraid. Of, you know what I mean? I don't yeah. want to break this yeah. baby. Uh-huh. They're so small. They were two pounds to two pounds, nine ounces each. Wow. Um, so Jamie did, I mean, have a lot of baby in her when you, when you put it all, all together. Um, but, but from the get go though, I remember the nurses coming out and a couple of these nurses, this nurse that Jamie was so close with, she goes, Skylar, we're doing all the tests. They do a test, I guess, on their coloring, how they look, all of the things. She said for 29 weekers, they look like they'd been, they, they were way further than that. Oh, wow. She goes, I can't believe how good these babies look. And I remember seeing them all in their little incubators and looking at them going, how did Jamie carry them? I tried to like in my mind put them back together like, like puzzle a puzzle, piece. like yeah, Tetris, and stick them in Jamie. And I thought it's impossible. How how, how did they jammed in there? How did they move around? I don't even know. I honestly don't even know yeah. how. I mean, just the whole thing is just incredible to me. Yeah, yeah. And, and we we kind of go back to one of the first either. things you you know you talked about is just the the marvel of of the five kids. I still go through that almost on a daily basis. When I see them all in their high chairs, and sometimes we laugh about it, but like, how did this happen? <laughs> I know. How yeah. do we have five? On your like, vlog, you're always now. like, we have five babies. Yeah. <laughs> we have to tell ourselves I have that. to remind myself and, and, and our audience all the time that we, that, yeah, there, there's five of them. This um, really is our life. We're really doing this. And I do. There's There's been lots of moments of that, you know, coming to accept what is and love what is. It's been quite the journey and quite the path. And I still have moments where I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is so hard. But then I always go back to at the end of the night, even on a really hard day or hard moment, I am so grateful I get to do this. Do you ever feel, how do you deal, like I'm just a mom of two. Like when I had James, George was 18 months old and the hardest thing was feeling like I couldn't hold one baby when the other baby wanted me. Yes, it tore my heart into pieces that I had to choose who to comfort. So one thing that's helped me is I, I'll hold, let's say Logan, or we'll say Daisy. When I'm holding Daisy and Logan's crying next to me because he wants my attention too, I acknowledge the other child that wants me with them, but I say, right now I'm holding Daisy. Mm-hmm. I'll be with you in a minute. And that's really helped me 
live in the present moment and being present with that child that I'm holding instead of ignoring the child. And I'm not really not with either. So I just hone it in a bit more and say, I'm holding Daisy right now. I'll be with you in a minute. And then I continue or finish reading or talking to that child like I was doing before. Wow. Yeah. That's what you have to do or else you'll just be constant stress. Yeah. Yeah. It's a dance. It's just like, it is figuring out how to fill fill everyone's cup full and not fill everyone's cup halfway. Yes. And I would say, you know, yeah, we have five kids the same age, which is so challenging. Honestly, we could only imagine. And and we, we as we got closer, thought, okay, we kind of will know what it's like. We didn't. You have no idea unless you have five. Yeah. <laughs> who can prepare for that? I thought I did, but I really didn't know anything. <laughs> but but that said, we're blessed that we have, they are really, really good kids. They're really good, just great. I mean, they, um, they're they starting to interact more and, and bond together, but they're, you know, they came as a group and, and I guess they were made for just that because they are just, you know, they, they love each other. It's just, it's been neat to see. I mean, a common thing that we've, we have seen, you know, just sharing things publicly, we will have some people that will, will say, you know, gosh, you know, gosh, this must be really, really hard on all your, your kids. And this, you know, this couldn't be a good situation. There's so many. And, you know, we do acknowledge that Shaden and Landon's life are older boys. It changed forever, just like ours did. And so we do try and balance and we take time with just the boys and we take time with just the two of us. Our marriages, we, boy, we were okay at dating every week, but yeah. now we're religious about going on a date every week. And we need that. Mm-hmm. Um, but some people have said, you know, there's just not almost like, the, how can you love them all? And one thing that, that is just, it's just so true. And, and it's been evident in our lives over the last couple of years is, you know, there, there's really no limitation of love and the babies didn't come and divide up and take a portion of love. They only magnified it and they only brought more love to share in this home. Watching our boys interact with these babies is one of the most rewarding things I've ever had in my life. They're like the best little, I want to say little mothers, but like they're the best little fathers or brothers. Mm-hmm. They love them. Who is it? Landon or Logan love Shaden more than any, well, they all love Shaden more than anyone in the world. Violet loves Shaden. And so it's so rewarding. And so, you know, I look at just family in general that, um, you know, I think every, every couple knows and it doesn't come right away, but gets to the point hopefully where they know their family's complete and ours is a bigger family, but all in all, when you're complete and you have everyone, there's no shortage. Love isn't something that's divided out. It's something that's shared by everyone. And it, and they, these kids have brought so much joy into our lives and even to the lives of our other boys. I kind of blame them. We had five kids at the same time because our boys prayed and prayed and prayed that they could have another sibling. And for about five years of trying, uh, I think One God, God, God has a sense of humor because he said, <laughs> yeah. no, no, hold, let's just hold you back a little bit. I, I wanna, we're going to give Skylar and Jamie a surprise. Yeah. <laughs> and all of a sudden we have, we, we have them all, but um, it's, it's been so rewarding. Looking back Gosh. though, it, it feels perfect. You guys had this big thing happen, but you had this foundation of five, six years to just be together and to grow yeah. strong as a family and to really connect with each other. So you'd be ready for this big thing. Yeah. And, and one thing I want to point out too, especially for women that are struggling with infertility right now, as they're listening to this is I never let 
my heart stopped loving children. I still filled my days with children. So I had my two boys, um, but I I would babysit. I would nanny. I Foster was care. A, yeah, we did foster care for a bit. I was a great aunt. I really loved and just dove right into that role. Um, the neighborhood kids, I'd do lemonade stands where the kids could all come over every week and we'd make cookies and we'd sell them and it was just fun. Um, I never stopped loving children and I never... I never gave up hope, no matter what our story was or how our family would look like in the end. I never stopped loving children because that was the desire of my heart. And I, I also accepted, you know, if, if it was that season of my life to dream a new dream. And, you know, our story is one of hope. And mm-hmm. there are couples that, that never have children of their own. And yet you, you can nurture and, and be connected to and enjoy um, wherever you can opportunities to, because kids do, they, they teach us so much and they bring us so much joy. And I think being connected to them as part of really being a whole happy person. I, I, you know, mm-hmm. my kids, I always kind of thought that, you know, as a dad, you know, my job as a dad, I'm gonna have kids someday and I've got their, I got to fill them up with goodness. Like they're a cup that you fill up with all the stuff that you give them. And, and I, I, I realized really early into the game when we had Shaden that kids come and their, their cups are completely full. And my job as a dad is to not spill it. My job is to acknowledge the good that they have. And as you talked about the perfect, the perfect timing and understanding of God's plan for us. Shaden, I worried so much that he didn't have a sibling for so long. And then Landon, there's another big gap, but it really was so much more perfect. You know, I've, we've, we've learned that as beautiful as your dreams are, if you, if you put yourself in God's hands, his dreams for you are even better. They're, they're even cooler than, than you can imagine or dream up yourselves. Gosh. When you were talking, it reminds me, there's a leader of our church. I don't remember his name who gave, uh, who shared a message in, in a, like worldwide church meeting about how even if you don't have children or even if you only have one or that like motherhood isn't something that comes when you have a baby. It's something integral in the soul of a woman. And it's something that you can share and grow and bless people with before you have children, after your children are grown up. I love that. It's not something that just starts when you have a baby. Like Mm -hmm. all women are born mothers and it's just a gift that they have to share their whole life that so like true. the giving of care and, and thoughtfulness and just being strong for someone who needs your strength. I love that. And I, one thing that I've really been thinking about this last week is we're two things. We're born to be creators and we're full of love. Those two things to create and to love really comes down to that. And you oh. can, Yeah no matter where you are, inspire and nurture. And yeah, I'd heard that before too. I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Two things that everyone in the world is kind of destined to, to, to take part in. Yeah. Wow. So talk about coming home day a little bit. And like everybody on this Facebook page is all rejoicing and partying together. Is that what kind of, when you, put made you want to start vlogging? Like, well, we got to keep these guys updated. Like, is that what kind of helped start the vlog, the, the YouTube channel and, and keep the Facebook page going or had it already been going? Well, we, we started the vlog, um, months after the, the Quince were born. Um, 
and probably like the last maybe month of the NICU period, we we were testing it out. How long were you there in the uh, NICU? Two months, right? Two and a half so months. So you were in Arizona were for two and a half months more after they were born. Yes. Yes. So the whole thing was, I think, at least six months in Arizona. Um, and the babies all came out within a week of each other. And so that was the whole thing, just trickling of just... Yeah, okay, now we have another one. Now was we have. Was there like one. a moment when you put all five of them in the car one day to go to church or to and go you're to like, the oh store? My gosh. You're like, <laughs> like when it got this is a whole car of babies. new realities. So many moments like yeah. that, all of the time. The first of anything, and it just it hits you over and over. Um, We're just in the stroller. You guys are. In your vlogs where you just walk your strollers down your street. Yeah. The stroller just gets it's me just every time. I'm like, every time you go somewhere. Babies? Those, yeah. those are yeah. our babies. They Crazy. came from me. Seeing five, five of something. And it's, it's fun seeing people's reactions when they see. And, and sometimes they're like, apologize. I'm like, you know what? We've never seen Quince either. So it, it's, yeah. it, you don't see this every day. Um, but we, we, we started just to try the vlog out. Uh, my brother, um, Shay, who was, was one of the, the founders that, that helped get the piano guys going and still does their videos. Um, if you know who they are, they're, they're, they're really big yeah. and yeah. made it really came from YouTube, just started sharing their talents and ha- have done so well. But he said, you know, Scott, I always thought you would be a good vlogger regardless of your story. And I, I'm a theater arts major. Um, and I, I wasn't really interested and he talked to me for several months and I'm, I'm grateful that he encouraged me to do it and for us to try it. But initially my vlogging, I thought, oh, so it's kind of weird something felt kind of self-aggrandizing about following yourself right. around with a piano, uh-huh. with, uh, not a piano. <laughs> with, with, with the, that would be that that would piano be so hard. You guys want to hear a song real quick? <laughs> <laughs> but following yourself around with the camera going, Hey, look at me. And I just, he says, well, you know, a lot of people do it differently. He says, just do it the way you would do it. And so we did and we started doing it. And, and then it, it, it was so rewarding. And it still is. I mean, we, and you guys see this, you know, there's, there's people that just talk about, you know, I was really having a tough day and then I watched your video and, mm-hmm. and, and just to know that you're doing something that hopefully makes people happy. And Jamie and I talked and, and I remember Jamie saying, you know, cause she was a little leery about it too, but she said, you know, if we can share the love in our home with other people, I think it'll be worthwhile. And so we've always kind of tried to keep that as our goal is just to share just a little bit of honesty, a little bit of happiness. And, and, and then the amazing thing is just the support you guys know, the support you get back from the community. It's huge. I mean, cause now I have a hard day sometimes, but I might read a few comments. I'm like, oh, okay. I feel better. Yeah. Like, people are so kind. Uh-huh. And a, another, another aspect that, that I really love about it is I feel like having seven children, having five that are the same age, everything is at lightning speed for me. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, this is what I love about the vlog. Yeah. I think, they, what you're about to say. They take naps, you know, in the beginning they were taking several naps during the day, but I'm trying to spend time with all of my kids, but I've got other people there helping. And there are certain things I miss out on. And I'm in the exact same room as someone else that heard them say their first word or, you know, all these new things. Mm-hmm. I get to look back on my life almost like in real time of what my life was really like. So we're documenting everything because I forget everything as a mom. So being able to go back and see how little they were or where we began, it's just really fun. It's going to be so cool to like, and you probably think the same thing to go back. And I'm like, we can like watch us re raise our kids. Like when we're empty nesters, I just love like, I felt like before we started vlogging, George, George was, probably around 
six months old when we started vlogging, I would say, maybe littler, but he would have these little things that he would do and I would be so sad when they started. I, I'm, I was like a bucket, a basket case <laughs> after I had babies, but not, it was like happy sad where I wanted to see it as many times as I could because I knew it would be over. Yeah. And then there have been moments where people have said, oh, does George still do this? And I have totally forgotten that he ever did it but I know it's on the vlog somewhere. So I know if we ever want to go find it again, it's there. Like it's there for and us to just- you can relive it and rewatch like it for a moment. truly see and remember. Yeah, that's my favorite part. I just have this part. vision of Dallin and I being empty nesters and like me like crawling up into our attic and watching all of our vlogs. <laughs> Why is it in the attic? <laughs> I don't, it's like a very- That's where like, people go in movies, to remember right? things, VCR. yes. <laughs> they go up in their attic and they watch uh -huh. those. That's true. You know, I'll, I'll, we'll have an attic just for you for that. Resty <laughs> nesters. <laughs> <laughs> Who needs a craft room? You can uh -huh. just have an attic. Let's go watch my life again. <laughs> Man, well, that's uh, well, we like we love watching your channel. You guys are like it's a perfect combination of honesty and fun and um, just realness. And, and you have five babies. Just fun, and the cuteness is is very eminent too. Well, we appreciate it. We it's been it's been fun getting to know you guys, and that's been another thing is just to get to meet other families that that do this, and and uh, you guys are. You guys are fantastico. <laughs> and I don't throw that word around. Fantastico. Fantastico. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay. Gracias. Yeah. Okay. Well, gosh, I just, I have so many gratitude, so much gratitude to you guys for like sharing your story. And now I hope that this can be something you guys go back and listen to. Cause like there was, we've been talking for an hour and a half and, and just sharing your whole story and unpacking everything. There's so much to unpack. And I hope that this can be a little heirloom that you guys have forever too. And everybody listening, I'm sure, is just so grateful for your sharing your story too and just feeding off of your faith and your optimism and and your hope and lessons about a guided um guided what did you say call it one more time guided imagery guided imagery that's that's so just that in powerful. itself is so powerful the power of the mind hearing the that soul. Mm -hmm. i mean i've heard that humans only use 10 percent of their brain you know and that that kind of taps into that too and any uh gosh what's next for you guys like what's your what's next for your family as we wrap up the podcast is it just like managing the, the life of having how old are they now 20 months and this is this is uh end of november 2019 they're all 20 months old and you know during the pregnancy we kind of learned to live one day at a time and that in itself is a huge gift because when you say what's next, I mean, You're really, what's next is just, like the getting them to bed tonight, getting them to bed and then, and then just holding hands, doing a quick high five and then doing it all again. Same yeah. but did it. It really, I mean, we just, we just do, we, we live one day, one day at a time. I love how conscientious you are about living in the present. Yeah. We learned a lot about doing that. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's healthy. I want to, that's something I, I could work on personally on is just, is cherishing the moment, living in the present, not like, just because things do fly and all we'll have at the end is, is our, is memories of whether or not we, we did our best or, you know, well, the only thing you really know is what's happening right now. Like mm -hmm. everything else is just a question. Like what uh, if, what if, what if, what and if and we only get to do it once. So yeah. soak it in. And yeah. for, for me, fear lives and anxiety, fear and anxiety live in reliving the past or being so hyper-focused on the future. It robs me of my joy of living in the present. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Gosh, well, that's one of the things I'm taking from this podcast is really try to do that and be conscious about that. That's, that's awesome. That's awesome. 
Great and awesome mixed together. You guys, I, I didn't get much sleep last night, so I'm literally tripping over my words. You guys have been amazing guests. Thank you again. If Thanks you want to us. see more of Five to Love, if you've never heard of the Scott quintuplets or the Scott family, and you want to hear see more of Five to Love and see see what the babies are doing today, they have a YouTube channel called and a Facebook channel called Five Five to Love. Five to Love. Two, two being T W O. Five babies, two boys, and a lot of love. Love that. Awesome. Love you guys. Thanks for having us.